In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show. I'm your host, Seth Saunders, joined as always by my co-host, James Kim. And we are fired up to be rejoined for the third straight year by Excellent. one of our favorite guests and certainly a DGD, Aaron Davis. Aaron, what's up, man? How's it going? Uh, third time's the charm, man. I, I've been striking out on these pickums. Uh, so this one, I'm, I'm shooting for the undefeated clean slate across the board. Uh, but thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I enjoy it every time. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to have you. We got lucky. You were at the game on Saturday. Got yes. to see you. Mm-hmm. Got, to meet, got to meet your lovely wife. Like most of us, you have outkicked your coverage, my friend. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> we, we've been together for quite some time. So, you know, I, I like to say that uh, I got in early before the rest of the the competition could really get to her. But, yeah, um, you know, she's absolutely wonderful. So uh, very thankful for her. Yeah, I was, was glad I got to meet her. Y'all are a beautiful couple. So it was good getting to spend some time with y'all. Um, well, look, we can't have you on, you being the former DB that you are, mm-hmm. given, given what happened on Saturday, and not talk about two plays in particular that I want to hit mm-hmm. you with. The first one is talk to me about Malachi Starks and that interception. Mm-hmm. I just want to know your vantage point on that. Man, that's probably the one thing that I love seeing more than anything else is like a DB with some ball skills because people start evaluating some of these like defensive backs and, you know, you could have the speed, you could have tight coverage, but if they throw the ball in the air and you can't make them pay for a, either a bad ball or really just disrespecting you, then your, your evaluation kind of drops. And th- man, that was like one of the best interceptions I've ever seen. Um, I mean, the, the only person who comes in mind is like Dom, like Dom Sanders when, when he was there with me, like he would just yeah. snatch like one hand picks out of, out of nowhere. So other than that, but, but the way that Malachi was running was stride for stride with them directly in his hip pocket he turned over his shoulder one way, then he turned back the other way, and then he spun and still was able to catch it at the high point. Uh, man, that was a special play for him. And uh, he made he made a couple other really good plays that stood out to me as well. I think that they he was guarding a tight end on the backside of a, a tray formation, and they, and they threw an out route, and he jumped it, and he almost caught another pick there. So uh, he looks pretty special just from one game. So I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him and interested to see where – uh, the rest of his career goes forward. So I got two follow-ups on that for you. The first one is always love having your perspective as a former player, but tell us as, as laymen, it seemed to us, you know, if you're Bo Nix and you're the Oregon offense, that's the matchup you wanted, right? Yeah. You've got yeah. your, you've got your deep guy on a vert on the safety. Who's a freshman, by the way, mm-hmm. that, that was the throw. And he made a play. I'm going to say 99% of the college football population is not making. I mean, are we, are we wrong on that? 
No, not at all. I mean, you I mean you think about the way these OCs and quarterbacks draw it up. Like that's the matchup they want. They want somebody new who's going to be bright eyed, first game, going to be super excited, chest pounding just to be in there. You know, maybe staring at the quarterback the whole time on a play action. That's you know that's who they're going to go after the freshman and. Um, you know, for him to step up and make that play, I mean, that just shows how much confidence he has and his ability to be able to prepare from that. And that's what people don't understand. Like, it's so, 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 so hard for a player to play as a freshman because, like, you know, you come in and if you're early and early, you started January. But if you're not, you started June. So you have all of a max of like six months to get your act together to be able to step out on the field and play with other guys who've been there for years already. And so you have to pick up a playbook and all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's super, super, super hard for even the most talented true freshman to get in there. And so for you to see him in there and make that kind of play, man, that was, that was special because, you know, they, they tried to take advantage of him and um, you know, he's putting a lot of other teams on notice that you, you're not going to do that. If I am remembering my history correctly, it seems he may have been doing his best Aaron Davis impression mm. with his first appearance on the big stage against a big opponent mm. and getting getting a pick in his first career start. I mean, I see some parallels there, brother. Yeah, man, there is there is there's something about uh, those that first game as a as a DB. So uh, you know, we got to keep that tradition alive and uh, make these quarterbacks regret you know trying us deep or or, or, or trying to throw us out paying close attention. So uh, there's, there's a little bit of parallels there, but um, you know, all credit to him for making a really, really huge play for the team. And um, you know, like I said, I think he's going to put a lot of teams on notice that uh, you know, even though he's a freshman, like you, you can't just uh, think you're going to be able to uh, pick on him at all. So uh, I love to see it. The other play I want to talk to you about is, and, and I kind of want to set this up as all off season, Leading into this year, what has been talked about as the key pieces returning for Georgia, whether it's offensively or defensively, is you hear about Jalen Carter, you mm-hmm. hear about Keely Ringo, and, and rightfully so, okay? Mm-hmm. They're going to be big-time draft picks and, and full of talent. But one of the guys that came back that could have left, that didn't get the attention that I think, given his role last year, he deserved, was Chris Smith. Mm-hmm. And – Boy, did he look good on Saturday afternoon. Um, I just thought he played a magnificent ball game. He was in charge, obviously jumps the route, baited Bo into it after something he'd seen on tape, jumps the route and gets the pick. But the one for me, man, the one that I felt like lit up the stadium was him coming. It felt like almost 30 yards across the Mm -hmm. field and timing that hit perfectly and just laying the absolute boom. And knocking the ball. I mean, it, it. you talk about a football player's football play. That was it, man. I think, uh, you know, I think there's a common theme of just how well-coached UGA players are. And, and I'm so glad that guys are finally starting to get the credit. Because I, I think if you go back to even some a, a few of the guys that played with me that I thought, uh, made some really good plays similar to that. And, you know, thinking about like JR, Richard LeCount, like I've, I've seen them make those type of plays. And those guys, you know, for as good as they were, they didn't necessarily get drafted as high. But I'm here to like, you know, 
praise praise the dogs because you see the improvement and you see those same plays being made by like Lewis seen and he gets you know picked early in the draft and so I think when I look at Chris Smith like that looks like an all-American to me like I'm, I'm with all biases aside like there's a lot of safeties that you can go back and watch four years of their film you know at whatever school that you want whether it's Bama Ohio State Clemson and they don't have a play like that on their resume like that was teach tape He's at 12 yards, exactly how he's coached. He diagnoses the play immediately. And then for a lot of people that they don't understand, that's an, that's an open field tackle. Like so much of the game is played in space. And so that's an open field tackle. So that's easily, as, as talented as these running backs, receivers are, like that's easily somebody that, like for us, if you're one-on-one in the open field, we expect the, the first person to automatically miss. And I'm sure Oregon's the same way. And so that just shows you how good of a play uh, that was for him to come downhill, never break stride, never break stride once. And, you know, he sized him up and he got a tackle for loss coming from 12 yards deep. People don't understand how hard of a play that is. And so he's just a special player. And like I said, you know, We'll see how the how the rest of the season shapes out, but like after game one, he looks like an All American. I think if he didn't have to deal with the injuries that he dealt with last year, he very well could have been an All American last year and been the what sixteen uh, yeah. for, for for UGA last year. So uh, I think he's a very special player. I think we were all confident that they were going to win Saturday, mm-hmm. but I don't think even James and I felt like it was going to look like that. Were you surprised at how dominant they were? And I think the better word too is just how comfortable they looked on both sides of the ball as offensive and defensive units. Yeah. I mean, I think for a game one, that's about as well as you can check all the boxes. I mean, I predicted the score would be like 34, 10, Um, you know, the defense we had like one of a historically great defense last year. And they picked up just where they left off, even with all those people leaving last year. And then you come into this year and there's all these questions about, you know, the offense and, you know, don't get me started on how many people continue to question Stetson Bennett. Then he puts up one of the, you know, he puts up a stat line similar to Joe Burrow three years ago. So, you know, just, you know, give credit to the, players to go out there and execute the game plan but I could really see that the coaches put together a really great game plan um as well and you know from the OC and his play calling uh to our DC and their play calling like it's 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 beautiful football to watch like it it warms my heart and and it, it makes me consider coaching um you know I told myself I don't want to do that but like just watching that it, it gives me it's like God, I gotta be in those meeting rooms or you know <laughs> to see that so uh I, I I love seeing seeing that's that brand of football from us I'm glad you bring up Stetson because I've I've always wanted to get your take ever since his story has unfolded the way it has especially mm-hmm. given last year and what happened but you have I think a very unique perspective to give because you started in the program as a walk-on mm-hmm. and I'm sure there were people that doubted you and what you could do mm-hmm. and you certainly proved all of them wrong with your career and 
I think the other interesting point is you were there when Stetson was there originally. I mean, I remember all the stories when y'all were at the Rose Bowl about Stet mimicking Baker and, and how good he looked. And, you know, Tuck loved him. I mean, Tuck couldn't talk enough about how good he was. And so I guess just give us your perspective on, I guess, his grit and his tenacity, but also the type of player he is from a player's perspective. I mean, one, he, he torched us. <laughs> I mean, we had, once again, my year uh, in 2017, we had a one of the best defenses in the country. Like, if you look at the statistics, I'm, I'm more of a film guy. I like to say, you know, watch the film. But if you, you know, the, the stats should mirror what the film says. And we had statistically one of the best defense when it comes to turnovers, you know, uh, yards per carry, like yards per pass and all those kind of stuff. We were like top five in the country in nearly every single – um, stat and I think largely that was due for the fact that um, during the week our sessions versus the scout team a lot of times felt very much harder than they did on Saturday and that's just the that's just the honest truth I mean we had some really great guys on the scout team and and Stetson was the person who was commanding it and there were plenty of times where if if you if you weren't sharp, if you weren't acting like this was game day, you got a 60 yard touchdown on top of your head. You got, you know, this completion and, and you're getting, you know, some strong words from your coaches. because <laughs> uh, You have to be sharp out there. And I think, you know, that kind of speaks to how special Stetson was and he just kind of needed an opportunity and now I think you're seeing the evolution of Stetson to the fact that he's confident and you know that's that's the thing that people don't understand separates somebody who's really good and really talented um, from the next person because once you get to that level everyone's talent is not that far off from each other and so the, the, the people who are able to play fast and play confident those are the ones who are the best players on the on the field and um you know, I know Stetson's had to battle that, you know, since he's been at UGA because of one, let's let's be honest, his size. People yeah. people, people are gonna doubt just based off your stature. They say don't judge a book by his cover, but that's human nature. Um, and then two, you know, just the narrative behind him. And he's still trying to shake that now. And it's and it's and it's tough for him. But you know, Stetson's somebody that from everything that I've heard from him and my my short interaction with him, like you know, he doesn't really care about that. Um, and, and you see that in his play on the field. And, and I know there have been people who, who doubted him, not just, uh, you know, media or maybe opponents, but, you know, sometimes you even get that from people on the staff. Yeah. Uh, who, who, you know, they may have thought that this is our guy and this is who we should roll with. And then, you know, it takes some time, but eventually, you know, what I would always say is like, you you make it to where it's not a decision anymore. And I think at this point, you know, from what we've seen from Stetson, like as good as the QBs we have underneath him, as good as all these transfer QBs are, like, you know, it's not a decision at this point. You, you know, you, you, you see you, you have a really great quarterback and, you know, he's, he's, he's stepping it up, which, which is what um, you love to see. And so I, I, I'm ecstatic for him. I hope he continues to excel. I hope they stop disrespecting him and actually add him to like the Heisman watch. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and that's because that's what he deserves. And so he doesn't have the, the big name that some of these other guys have, but 
if you look up his resume and his stats, uh, they're there. So uh, let's 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 not let these media narratives uh, belittle him when when his play is, is is showing the opposite. Yeah, you know, James said when we were kind of coming home and, and when we recapped on, on our show early in the week, just how comfortable he looked. He just looked like, you know, we're in the backyard just flinging it kind of thing after Thanksgiving or something. I mean, he just didn't look phased at all by mm. any of it. And, uh, yeah, it, it's great to see. And and I, I, I know we talked a little bit about this when you were on last year, but mm. I, I think we have more empirical evidence now to kind of flesh it out. It seems to be something uncanny from last year, and I was a little nervous it might not transfer to this year. But, and I know winning helps with this, obviously, but as a unit, I mean, one to 100 on the roster, they seem tight. I mean, mm-hmm. they seem like they are as happy about their teammates succeeding as they are about themselves succeeding. And that's, that's a rare thing. And, and I don't know. I just think it's something interesting to watch with this group and, and something to be celebrated after the first game. I mean, I loved how pumped AD was. Mm-hmm. When he gets the seal block for Lad to score, like yeah. I don't know, they they just they do it right, man, and that has to be an in the building thing, you know. That has to be something that that's just part of the culture now. That's what it is, and if you can't do that, you can't play here. Yeah. I mean, is that what you think? Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, you know some of the tell tell signs are like just how happy and ecstatic guys are for each other. I mean, you have so many people, you know, last year who were ended up being first round picks or draft picks period. Um, and you got these linebackers who are like splitting time with each other. And then there's also yeah. splitting time with up and coming linebackers who are in slate to be, you know, top picks again. And so, uh, you know, the selflessness of people to know that, I am the guy. I'm. I'm going to be the guy. You know, I have a really good chance to be a really productive player in in, in the NFL. But I can share reps with you know this this young this young DB. I can share reps. I can you know let the D lineman rotate in, and, and I don't have to play. I mean, people are talking about oh Jordan Davis. He only played like. 30, 40 percent of the snaps. It's like, yeah, because like, hey, look, look at look at the people that he's playing next to him. Like these guys, they want to play and they earn the playing time. And now the offense, I mean, you have you legit have like eight, nine, 10, 12 guys on the offense who are who could be number one weapons for multiple, not just like, you know, lower tier teams, but for you know, power five teams, they could be legit number one options. And they're sacrificing stats uh, for winning. And I think that shows, and I think it should be rewarded once you think about moving them on to the next level. Like, look how special Darnell Washington looked. And, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you go back and you look at the tape. I mean, you look at his stats, and I think he only had, like, maybe, like, three or four catches for, like, 40 yards. But, like – he's so impactful that he could easily be an Antonio Gates for somebody else if they, you know, if he was their number one option. And so uh, just, just, it, it, it speaks a lot. And, and, and like you said, it's, it's the culture and it's the character and it starts with the coaching staff setting it. Um, and then they go out and recruit the guys who, who want to be at UGA and buy into the culture that we're building. And, and, and I, I think, I think I love it. It like, still amazes me. And I love seeing like George Pickens in the NFL and he's still out here bullying grown men yeah. on the ground. And then you go and watch this game versus Oregon 
and A.D. Mitchell is shoving this dude like in the stands on a on an in reverse that doesn't go to him. Like how many times do you see receivers who if they don't get the ball thrown to them or if it's a run play, they just kind of jog and, you know, they may, you know, bump, touch pads with somebody else. But like the guys are getting after. And I think that kind of shows that like as a number one wide receiver option and A.D. Mitchell is probably going to be another top whatever pick. Look what he's doing out there. Like he's blocking his ass off. And that's the kind of culture that, you know, that Coach Smart has instilled in this program. And, and you know, it shows. And it's the reason why uh, you continue to see the success at, at UGA. One of my favorite things from last season with all the content that ended up getting put out was they did a, um, I can't remember which episode it was, but it was one of the recaps after the season celebrating the championship season. They had footage from the SEC title game, which, Obviously, don't want to watch much of that, mm-hmm. but it was from pregame, and it was Coach Smart going up to AD to talk to him pregame, and he said, "Look, man, you're a freshman. I want you to take all this in. You're only going to get to play here four, and he goes, "No, three times, three times, because <laughs> he knows, right? Like yeah. we're going to set this up so you're out of here after being a junior." And I think that it was a cool interaction, which I'm sure probably wasn't meant for camera, but it was cool to kind of catch that mm-hmm. because number one, he's talking him up, but he also sees the talent in the kid and what he can be. And so, yeah, and man, he just seems like a dog too. Like yeah. just seems like he loves to compete and you just got to love that. So I was fired up to see him get fired up. And I mean, he got his love too. He got a, he got a catch and I mean, yeah. he had a good, good game too. I mean, mm-hmm. that, what, what was it, James? I had nine different people caught passes. Is that what it ended up being? Is that right? Yeah. And- spread out for nine different people. Kenny led it with uh, nine catches and then the leading receiver had five. Yeah. So, I mean, and like, thank, this is the other thing. And obviously it's an option that depth and success provides, but Arik Gilbert is option one for hundred programs in FBS. He didn't see the field till the second half. And Mm -hmm. I I bet you dollars to donuts. It's because of exactly what coach smart said for two weeks. Look, he's got to be more consistent in practice. Just Mm -hmm. not, not, not hitting the standard yet. And they just have the luxury to do that, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. So it, it it's it was an exciting opener, and I thought the atmosphere was great. It was loud. I mean, yeah. it felt loud. Yeah. So, well, d- let me ask you this then. I know it's probably hard to nitpick this when you win 49-3, to but is there anything you saw that gives you any cause for concern moving forward? Or did you feel like they had things as tight as they could be for a game one? Uh, I, I, I thought, you know, if, if you were to grade them, I mean, it, it'd be somewhere 95 plus um, on, on, on the scale. I think, I mean, when you think about offense, defense, special teams, they kind of <sighs> knocked it out the park when the offense goes seven for seven on touchdown possessions. Like it's, it's hard to critique them. Um, you know, maybe if you had anything to say, it's like, you know, Hey, like let's throw some deep passes, but it's like, I, I love the game plan of get it to your playmakers. I mean, King, yeah. he had nine receptions for like 117 yards, 120 yards. So it's like, get it to your playmakers and, and, and let them, you know, be special. And that's why you have them there. So you don't always have to throw 67 yard bombs, like the Kansas city chiefs do with Patrick Mahomes, just to, just to prove that, you know, you can do that. So uh, I, I think, you know, from watching Stetson last year, he he's not scared to push the ball deep down the field. And he did it, you know, even some this game as well. But it's just like 
you know, you just have so many special guys and you have so many different ways to get them the football. Uh, it doesn't always have to come from a big chunk pass. Um, and then on, on defense, uh, I mean, you, they played about as good of a defensive game they did. I mean, they had two turnovers. Um, they won the turnover battle. Uh, you know, you would like to see maybe, you know, someone dislodge a football or something. But that's like, that's legit nitpicking. I mean, <laughs> going into, to, to, you know, this week and in, in them, uh, you know, kind of reviewing uh, the goals. They're going to, I'm pretty sure they hit every single goal uh, they had out for the week. Because I, I don't remember Oregon having very many big plays as well. They had like one drive where they kind of, you know, made a good run at it. But other than that, it, that was about it. Yeah, so this week, obviously not as sexy an opponent, kind of a kind of a get well week. And luckily they came out of the game with no injuries. So this will hopefully be a get reps week. I know the weather is not supposed to be great on Saturday, but hopefully it's an injury free day. I think the main storyline will be uh, Coach Hatcher coming in as the head coach of Sanford, obviously the first person to give Coach Smart uh, a job at the mm-hmm. coaching uh, at the college level. So, you know, a lot of storylines with that. And obviously, Sanford gave Florida all they wanted last year in the swamp for, what, mm-hmm. three quarters, I guess. I think yeah. they were leading at halftime mm-hmm. and scored almost half a hundred on them. Might have scored half a hundred on them. Seemed like they were scoring pretty much point a minute. But um, but so, obviously, not, a, I guess, a lot of logistical things to talk about with the ball game itself. But I think we got a fun week of games to pick. So, I think we should dive into those. I'm feeling – I'm feeling the good vibes after the dog's big win that this is going to be Aaron's big win this week. That's what I'm feeling. I agree. I got, I got my iPad ready. I was doing some research this time, um, looking up like some recruiting classes and all kinds of stuff like that. So um, I'm ready Pass. to go. I'm ready to run the table. All right. Well, we're not, we're not going to waste any time. We got a big one to start. This is obviously one of the, the matchups, out-of-conference matchups that folks have been talking about all offseason, mm. and that is Alabama heading down to Austin to play Hook'em Horns. Yeah. Um, and it's a big number. Uh, it's 19 and a half. Bama's favorite on the road. They looked outstanding against yeah. Mountain West, defending Mountain West champion Utah State on Saturday night. I mean, that Bryce Young, man, he's just cool as a cucumber. Uh, yeah. He can't do nothing wrong. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, just as an outsider, just seems like a good kid, too. I mean, mm. I'm sure just an easy kid to root for. Mm. And uh, so th- that engine is already running. And um, I-, I am a little interested to see that's going to be a hostile environment. You got to mm-hmm. go to Daryl K. Royal Stadium and-, and play Texas. And, you know, they'll have all the the songs playing and the band rolling and all those things. Bevo be there. Um, but I don't know. Where are you at on this I think Bama's going <laughs> to take the spread easily. I mean, I think uh, it's it'll be, you know, to me, I think it'll be at, at minimum like a 24-point game. I just think uh, – I just haven't seen it from Texas program enough in the past five years or so um, to show that, you know, that like they're back at the, the Vince Young days or anything like that. I mean, I think – you know, they got some special guys between Bryce Young, who leads their their offense, and obviously Will Anderson, who leads their defense. Um, you know, they got some special, special guys over there. So I just – I think, you know, Texas will, will be tough and play tough, but I just don't think they have enough, you know, ammo uh, to deal with Alabama. I see Bama uh, kind of uh, winning by at least 24 points. 
What you think, James? 19 and a half is not enough. Texas may score some in this, but their their defense is still their defense. So this may be over at halftime and it may be empty. Then I, th- I could see it being a little close, energetic in the first quarter, first like seven and a half minutes. But Bama's going to put a 14 to 17 in the first quarter and it's going to be dead. Here's my thing, okay? You got the dean of college coaches, Nick Saban, who is – a defensive mastermind if there ever was one. And he's getting to play a quarterback who has, what, one career start? Ooh, that made me real nervous if I'm wearing burnt orange. Real yeah. nervous. Yeah. And look, my man got his, t- his car towed during the game last weekend. <laughs> so hot, hot start for the Longhorns on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with y'all. I think Alabama covers this easy. I I don't. It's probably not enough points to be honest with you. Yeah. And if they had played someone other than Utah State, it probably would be more than this. I think they're probably just a little tepid with the number. But yeah, I think it's going to be roll tide all day long. Now the only, I guess, hiccup in all this is noon kick, and it's going to be 97 a kick. So it is going to be spicy in Austin on Saturday afternoon. So the boys are going to have to have the IVs and the fluids rolling mm-hmm. to make sure we avoid the cramps and all those things. But yeah, it's pretty I don't, hot in Bama too, though. So I, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think that'll be too big of a factor. Yeah. I, I think they're going to, they're going to cover this thing easy. It's going to be a good day to, to wear the crimson. So, all right, this next one, I love this matchup. So mm-hmm. much going on here. Um, two guys you're familiar with Aaron. Uh, man and man in both sidelines, two guys who are well-liked around college football. And then, obviously, some compelling storylines, too. You got Spencer Rattler finding his way as the new quarterback at South Carolina after transferring mm-hmm. over from Oklahoma. And then Arkansas, one of the better stories in college football last year and got off to a great start on Saturday against a very tough Cincinnati team. K.J. Jefferson coming back, a great player. And then I can't even set this game up without talking about Sam Pittman's just Hall of Fame post-game interview. Oh, yeah. Where they asked not him. Not advertising. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not advertising, but I, 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 lo- I, love, I love me some cold beer. I think I'm going to have one of them. Oh, just outstanding. How could you not want to play for that guy? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, so Razorbacks are minus eight and a half mm. at home. How do you feel about that one, Aaron? Uh, I'll say so. So South Carolina normally, and and it's always tough when you bring a new coach and it's their first year, and the first year is always, always, always rough. But normally the second year is really we can tell when a program is going. And I didn't like how South Carolina came out this first week versus Georgia State. I thought they 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 Georgia State hung in there a little bit too long. Um, mm-hmm. South Carolina was able to build some spread in there. And I love what, what Coach Pittman has been able to do at Arkansas. Uh, I feel like this is one of the games where, you know, South Carolina will play them close. But I, but I do think Arkansas will probably win by about like 10 points. I could see it go 7 to 10 points, you know, maybe 13, something like that. Because I, I don't think Arkansas plays a, a style that, you know, that'll make them so potent that they'll just run up the score. But I think, you know, they'll – kind of have a grip on the game pretty much the whole time. Similar to what they did versus Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati was mm-hmm. close, 
but Cincinnati, you, you never felt like they were going to take the game away from, from Arkansas. So I, I think it'll be similar this week. I mean, brother, do I even have to ask you? I know what you're going to do. So just, just tell the people what they want to hear. Well, you know, I'm in Arkansas, but I actually have a little bit of – I like where South Carolina's headed with Beamer. I do. I don't necessarily like Beamer because I think he's kind of a just a jerk. But I like the <laughs> way they're going. I do not like Rattler. I just don't. I don't think he's – he just proved last week that he's no better than he was at Oklahoma. He just puts the ball in bad spots. He puts the ball in danger too much. He's too reckless. So and until he gets that under control, it's it's not going mean, to be the same old story every week. So, I mean, I think Arkansas, it, same thing. I think it'll be tight close, but I think Arkansas is just they're they're too talented and they love playing for Pitt and they're going to pull away. I think they win probably, like Aaron said, I think it's going to be too score game. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I'm taking Woo Pig Suey. I mean, I love what they got going on. In, in Arkansas, I, I love what Coach Pittman's doing. It, you talk about a cultural thing. He has been embraced by that community, not just that team, but that alumni community, all of it. And you can feel it. I mean, it's palpable. And I think that matters. It matters to those mm-hmm. kids. I think they feel it. They play like that. There's just – they play like it just means more than it has at Arkansas in a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're going to be well-situated. I'm with you. Spencer Rattler just – I have hesitations about him. And, and, James, you know how I am on this. But, but Aaron, he was on um, the QB1 show that they, that they did for a number of years. You know, uh, Jake Fromm was on it. Justin Fields yeah. was on it. They did, like, three seasons or whatever. And he was on it one year. And I thought those shows were interesting, not because of the on-the-field stuff, right? Because all those guys were, were high-profile, highly-recruited quarterbacks. But you kind of got a peek behind the curtain at how they were with their teammates and all those kind of things and kind of what they would build in the locker room. And that season on QB1, something just seemed off. Like, there was a little standoffishness with the guys on his team. And I always thought, I wonder how that's going to play once he gets in a locker room with guys Mm -hmm. that are just as good as he is, where he's not not the only alpha. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man. There's just – it's not a talent thing. He has all the talent in the world all the tools to make it happen, but there's something off there that I can't pinpoint. And so that, that just gives me some hesitation. The other thing is, and it, it, I think it'll get there at some point with coach Beamer. I think he's a great recruiter and I, I think he'll do good things. I don't know that they have the edge talent right now yeah. on offense to, to really be explosive. So I'm with y'all. I like Arkansas on this before we move on. I do want to ask you, Aaron, just because he is such an electric figure. And my hypothesis is, is that the reason he has become so beloved is that Sam Pittman doesn't know how to be anybody but Sam Pittman and people can tell that right Mm -hmm. is that right I mean is that that's just how he is that's who he is what we see that's just how he is all the time that's my expectation like it's he just he doesn't seem like somebody who's putting on fronts for anybody he's just gonna be me and and that's it yeah I agree I I think um you know obviously I wasn't in the offensive line meeting rooms or anything like that but just from what I've seen you I think that's exactly right. I mean, he he is who he portrays himself to be. And, you know, he was like a jovial, fun guy, but, he, you know, he held you accountable. And uh, I remember being in the special teams meeting and he damn sure took a uh, uh, field goal block serious. Like, like <laughs> you missed the gap or, you know, you didn't get your, your, your foot hooked and you didn't have your like alignment 
perfectly right. He got on you. So um, I know he's, he's, he's keeping those guys sharp there and uh, he pays close attention to the detail and he cares um, not just about the success of the program, but he cares about, you know, the success of the players. And so I think that's why you get guys who, who buy in and want to play for him. And, um, you know, he's fun uh, to be around. And so, uh, you know, I think, who you see him to be that post game, you know, uh, <laughs> interview? That's that's really him. So uh, I'm I'm happy to see successful him. Yeah. Okay, third game of the week, and, and this one's interesting on, on a couple levels. Mm. App State's going down to College Station to play Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 16 and a half point favorite at home. Obviously, they had a lot of offseason storylines with Coach Fisher and Coach Saban and their little brouhaha that they had. Uh, App State got beat in a shootout on their home field against UNC over the weekend. Just a wild game. I think they scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Am I remembering that right, James? Is that right? Yep. I mean, unbelievable. So, I think this could be a fun game just because mm-hmm. I do think App State's going to give them all they want. It's a proud program, and, and they had a good year last year. And, you know, I always go back to the quarterback. I said this last week on our show, Chase Bryce been playing college football since 1989. So, you know, I feel like he's been the quarterback for all these years. It's got to got to pay off at some point. And I'm not sold on AM. I'm just not. I, yeah. I I don't know what they are. I don't know what I'm supposed to get excited about with them. I mean, I know the numbers look nice and the records have been fine. They beat Bama last year, but it's just an interesting matchup. So, what do you think about this one? Aaron? I, I I think I think A and M is a little overhyped. I see uh, a lot of uh, college football guys picking them to be in the, the, the top four at the end, possibly being in the SEC championship. I don't think a- A&M plays enough defense to, to, to be um, in the very end. And so uh, I think they're a little bit overrated. Uh, but I do think App State is going to be kind of running off. Uh, I think they're going to be running a little bit low off energy compared to how they were for that opener game. I mean, you get all off season to prepare to play your, your opener game. And, and, you know, it's lunchtime at Tim Hortons and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new five 99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips, because what's lunch without a little crunch and the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT and more made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I think that kind of speaks to why you saw them play so well versus North Carolina. I think App State, for for what their program is, and traditionally they're, they're always a team that, you know, they're on up, you're on upset alert when you play App State. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but, but I don't know. I, I feel like Texas A&M still will be able to cover the spread on this, but I don't think it's going to be like a major, major blowout. Like I wouldn't see this one getting to 30 plus points. I think if, if Texas A&M covers the spread, it's like a late touchdown to be like, you know, 41, 20 or something like that. But I I think, uh, I think Texas A&M will cover the spread just because I think A&M's going to, I mean, um, App State's going to be running a little bit low on in, energy based off of all they put into last game. Well, I know how much you love Coach Fisher, James, but tell me what your pick is on this. <laughs> that was facetious, by the way. <laughs> A&M scored 31 points against Sam Houston State last week. Mm-hmm. 
I don't see them scoring more than 31 points this week against a team that gave up 63 last week. <laughs> I, they're just for this offensive mastermind. He doesn't, they don't score a lot of points. Yeah. And they lost so much from last year's defense. So I think app state keeps it moderately close. I mean, I think they cover 16 and a half. Okay. I don't think they win, but I think they keep it moderately close enough to cover. Okay. And is going to win at home. I mean, there's no way, but, what, what about this uh, schedule for a, for App State to start? UNC and then Texas A&M. I mean, who scheduled that? Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, I, I think that's how they see themselves, though. That's mm-hmm. what I love. Yeah. I, I think that's they're good with that. I mean, that, that, you know that's on my list, too, man. I, I want to go to Boone real bad and, and go to a game at Kid Brewer. I've heard it's awesome. Like I heard it is an electric environment. So night game at Kid Brewer is on my list for sure. Um. Yeah, I'm conflicted on this. I, For me, I think Coach Fisher may be one of the more overrated coaches in all of college football. And I think he has uh, earned a lot of currency based on the currency of having one national title with a generational roster. <laughs> I think 21 of the 22 guys that started on that FSU team were NFL draft picks. And Jameis won the Heisman. I mean, that was a – phenomenal football team like that was almost a i'm just gonna get out of the way and it'll be fine (laughs) type of roster i mean they were dominant and outside of that outside of Jameis's career what has he done that's that's my question okay and so i don't know man i that's why it's so tough for me because talent wise they should cover this number but i just don't know what kind of guts they have and so I'm going with App State. I'm doing it. I didn't know what I was going to do until right now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm taking App State. I talked my talk myself into <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do that for sure. All right. This one is a really interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, who is obviously a lot of hype this year. Had a, had a good year last year. Um, everything's going well under Coach Heupel. Had a lot of guys come back. Hendon Hooker, explosive and fun to watch. And they looked great against Ball State in the opener. And then you got Pitt, who had a huge win in the backyard brawl against West Virginia. Mm. Um, really fun game to watch. Glad that rivalry is back. Hope it's much more normal. Um, they obviously had big transfer quarterback come in from USC. And they are a home dog. Tennessee is a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. What do you think about that one, Eric? I, I think Tennessee will win, but I, but I, I do see this game being, being very close. I think – Pitt got a lot of confidence off of last week. And, um, you know, I, I do like Tennessee's quarterback, but I, I, I haven't seen Tennessee make some major strides in, in, a, in a while. They, they really, to me, they, they really don't have too many, like, super offensive threads or people that I'm, like, really, really, you know, looking at outside of their quarterback. Like, last year when I watched them, I feel like their quarterback kind of – tried to do everything for them and and that's 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 tough to ask for one person so I, I got Tennessee winning but but I think it'll be a close one like a you know like a 31 27 or something like that what you think James uh, I couldn't have said it better I completely agree with Aaron I think this is gonna be a really close game I think Tennessee 
wins. Um, but I think Pitt covers, uh, Pitt played really well. I was really impressed, even though they did give up 31 points to West Virginia, I was really impressed with the way their, their defense really locked down in the second half of that game. And I also liked the way, um, Slovis played in the second half of that game. He really looked really shaky in the first half, but he really looked a lot more comfortable in the offense, the second half and really kind of took control of that game. I think that offense is not going to be, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year because they don't have the, uh, the edge talent they had last year because they don't have Addison, but I think they're going to be really explosive this year. This is a hard one for me. You know, they played at Tennessee last year and I'm pretty sure whoever I took burned me. And so I just, my brain's in a pretzel on this. So, you know, it's always, I'm always a little leery when you get a, road favorite of this magnitude like we're not just talking like three and a half or something like that maybe i feel a little bit better about that six and a half i mean they're saying they're gonna beat them by touchdown yeah and Pitt's not an easy place to go play and they have good quarterback play i like their head coach i thought the environment was awesome for the backyard brawl last thursday there so yeah i'm gonna buy Pitt uh because they burned me last week so i'm gonna buy them so I'm going with the Panthers too. So I think we're all going Panthers on this one. Plus, man, it's just hard to pick Tennessee. I don't know. There's something there about that too. I just I have a hard time pulling the trigger on that. Okay. I got this one here because it's a rivalry game and it's a trophy game, and I will never not put a trophy game on the list. So even though it's probably not a great matchup, it's on the list because it's the battle for the Cyhawk trophy. So I'm all about a trophy game. We got Iowa State and Iowa meeting early in the season. Iowa was so bad on offense last weekend <laughs> that the headline in the local newspaper said, uh, what did it say? Iowa victory and the O's were removed from Iowa in victory. Oh, I mean, <laughs> diabolical headline. Just an outstanding headline. A-plus to the editor on that one. I mean, just oh, that's spectacular. Yeah, it was awesome. But um, – I was home favorite, favorite by three and a half yeah. over Matt Campbell's bunch. How you feel about this one, Aaron? Yeah, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't even realize Iowa played last week. Out of all the games <laughs> that I watched and kept tabs on, Iowa just didn't cross my board. Um, <laughs> but, but I do think, you know, just I think Ohio – I mean, Iowa State, I don't think the recruiting is there for them. Um and uh, they they did have my guy uh, Jacob Park a few years ago. That's yeah, right. that's right. So, but since then, I just haven't seen much out of him. I'm I'm just gonna trust Vegas on this and take Iowa. What you think, boss? You think they got a recovery in them this week? Was the first team since '98 to score seven points and not score a touchdown? And I cannot believe that score from seven, that last week, seven to three. What do we say when we were walking through the uh, the, the building last week? There was a two-run double in the bottom of the seventh to get up to seven to three. It was That's awful. Right. It was awful. So uh, this game is going to be ugly. And Aaron's right. Iowa State lost a ton, and they weren't that good last year. Iowa's at home. I'm going to go with the Hawkeyes because they're at home. And that's the only reason this game might be six, nothing. Like it is going to be ugly. Um, I'm taking the Cyclones. Um, I, I, I picked Iowa a bunch last year and they burned me every single time. And this is all that is about. 
I'm not, I'm just, I'm, I won't do it. This is for all of the wrongs they brought upon me last year. I'm taking the Cyclones. I think I took Iowa State in this game last year, um, but I'm going to take them. We'll see what happens. It, it, it does also make me nervous that they did not score an offensive touchdown or, or a touchdown at all. And their quarterback was just putrid. And he's not – he's been there. Yeah. So, it just makes me nervous. But this could be a rock fight. It could be 6-3. It yeah. could be – yeah, this is going to set football back maybe 20 years. But it's they're going to award a trophy at the end, and that's why it's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is, I would say, most exciting match of the week. And that is Kentucky going to the Swamp to play Florida. Florida had a monster win over Utah week one. Um, I mean, James and I were heavily on the Utes last week. And uh, that did not work out so well for us. But uh, part of that is our our bias against Florida. Kentucky, obviously, huge preseason hype. Yeah. Some of the experts on the SEC network picked them to beat Georgia. So um, that's a bold pick there. But, uh, I mean, Kentucky did not look great week one. And Mm -hmm. Florida obviously has been the talk of the town. I think they rocketed up to, what, 11 in the AP poll? Is that what they ended up? 12. 12. 12. 12. Yeah, I mean, big jump. So a lot of heat behind them right now, and a lot of that obviously focused on Anthony Richardson. I mean, had a great game last weekend, had the video game play of the week. Yeah. where he left two guys with jocks on the eight-yard line and then completed a touchdown. I mean, that was that was video game nasty. But uh, Florida is favored at home, four-and-a-half points. What do, you, what do you feel, Michael, on that one, Eric? I, I think if, if this wasn't in the swamp, I would have picked Kentucky to upset them versus Miami of Ohio, and you didn't play that well. Kentucky uh, – it, this to me feels like a 50 50 game because I, I think, you know, they went like everyone saw how bad Florida was last year. And so they, you know, thought they were going to be absolutely terrible this year. And now, you know, according to the AP, they're the best thing since sliced bread. And I think now they're <laughs> over, overflating them. So I don't think Florida is as good as they're trying to make them out to be. I'm just going to do it, man. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick Kentucky. With the upset, even though Kentucky didn't look that well, I think Florida, I don't know. If if their team is any indication of how, like, Brendan Cox tweets and says stuff, it's like their egos are just too high, just too high, too much pride. Like, just let the games play out by themselves. Um, and so I would say, you know, they might be a, a team that would come in and just not play the way that they should, where they should be able to defend home turf and win. Um, I'm going to take Kentucky. This will be my one, like, wild pick of the week. I love it. Boy, that's a great table set right there. Yeah. What you think, James? You know I'm picking Kentucky. It doesn't really <laughs> even have to be much else there. I went back and watched a majority of the Utah game. And everything we talked about, we thought Utah was going to do. They didn't really try to do. We thought they were going to come out a lot of 12 and 13 personnel and try to run it at them. And they did in the beginning and they got stopped and they kind of went to this almost 
modified spread and tried to throw it around the yard a little bit. And it was kind of like, not really what we expected them to do. And I, they kind of got away from their, their style and what really worked for them last year and really went into what Florida defense kind of does well. And they're at all the athletes that they have. So that's not what Kentucky does. I know Chris Rodriguez is probably not going to play. They haven't come out and said it, but with all the offseason stuff, he's not going to play. There's no way he can play. So even with that, that's just not Kentucky style. Kentucky's going to line up, you know, eye formation, punch in the mouth. That's just their play action pass. That's their style. And that does not bode well for Florida. Florida's not built that way. And it's going to be a grind them game and – is Richardson really what we saw last week or is he a combination of that and what we saw last year? Like, has he really developed that much in one off season to be this stellar quarterback? I don't really know. So is he Cam Newton 2.0 or is he a mix of both? I think Kentucky goes into the swamp and wins. Cause I don't think, I think Florida is overrated, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a tight game. Like it was when Kentucky finally broke the streak um, kind of like a last second field goal type win, but I think I think to me the game of the week, honestly. I'm really glad you bring up the Cam Newton 2.0 because I've seen multiple people make that comparison this week, and I felt like I was on crazy pills. I'm the like, brain. yeah, like were y'all not around when Cam <laughs> Newton actually played college football? He was a force. Like, stop all that. I, that that's just that's wild. Just people getting wild with the stuff they're trying to make with these hot takes and be on TikTok and all this stuff. Like, no, horrible. He, he is not Cam Newton 2.0. I don't care what he does this year. He can win the Heisman this year. He still ain't going to be Cam Newton 2.0, okay? Yeah. That Auburn team was Cam Newton and 21 pairs of shoes, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he was a man. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was crazy. I Aaron, you bring up a phenomenal point, okay? We talked about culture with Georgia earlier within their program. Florida is coming off three plus years of Dan Mullen culture mm-hmm. and it was not good culture. And you can't tell me that in five and a half, six months, Billy Napier has erased all that. Okay. Right. So that makes me nervous if I'm somebody wanting to bet on Florida because they got this huge win on national TV the other night, everybody and their mama coast to coast is talking about the Florida Gators and how underrated they were and they're going to be surprised at college football and blah, blah, blah. And look, they might be. They are not built to then come back and play this monster game in the swamp against a very tough opponent. Mark Stoops coach team, you can always count on to be prepared and to punch you in the mouth. And to your point, James, that ain't how Florida's built, at least that we've seen yet. And I like Billy Napier. I think he's probably going to build something nice there. But as it stands right now, I'm taking the bluegrass boys. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to win straight up. So, yeah, I'm with y'all. All right. The next one I put on here because it was an interesting result last year because you had USC has kind of become the villain of college football now <laughs> with Lincoln Riley leaving in the middle of the night to head out West and taking Caleb Williams with him. And then they jump ship from the pac 10 and head, head to the big 10 or Pac-12, whatever they were calling it, to the Big Ten. And so they're playing Stanford. Love Coach Shaw. Stanford upset them last year in a game very similar to this, where Stanford was, or where USC was ranked very similarly. Um, USC eight-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Who do you think 
you going to take in this one here? I think I'm going to take USC. Um, I, 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 I think Lincoln Riley is a, is a really good offensive coordinator. I've, I've, actually, I, I felt – I truly didn't. I said this. I don't know if I said it on record, but I, I've definitely said it to my friends. Like, when we played uh, Oklahoma in 2017, I, I felt Lincoln Riley very much overinflated Baker Mayfield, and it, it worked because he became the number one draft pick. So I thought the play calling was a lot better than the execution and the QB play of Baker Mayfield. So, so I am a believer in Lincoln Riley, and I think him having his familiar quarterback with him will, will bode well for, for them. So I think USC is going to win this one and cover the spread probably. What you think, boss? I've changed my answer since I sent you my picks earlier. I think <laughs> USC wins. I think USC wins. But I'm taking Stanford to cover, and that's – I'm strictly because I love David Shaw. Yeah, he's that's great. It, talent, USC is far and away more talented than Stanford. USC should win this running away, but just like you said last year, they Stanford upsets them in, in the Coliseum. There's no reason that they should have. They were far more talented last year. But Shaw is just a good coach. He seems always prepared no matter – and he's always – usually the under-talented team. So I think these Nevs team prepared, and I think they're going to keep it close. But I think at the end of the day, USC is going to pull away and win. But I think it's going to be close, probably a seven-point game. This is this is one of the tougher ones of the slate this week for me because USC is far more talented than Stanford. Um, Stanford did not end the season well last year. I think they lost seven straight to end the year. Um, you know, their quarterback returns, and he had a pretty good year last year. So I always like that. And they're at home, which you always like. And, you know, Coach Shaw, how can you not root for Coach Shaw? Yeah. Like, he just seems like the kind of guy you want your son to play for. I mean, that, that's just how he seems to me. And um, just a world-class guy. And – but I don't know. I, I think I'm with Aaron. I just think Caleb Williams in a Lincoln Rally offense, and I think they are – that is a team, USC is a team I think will get better as the season goes on because I think they'll kind of get more comfortable with each other. And I'm with Aaron, man. I, I don't know how Lincoln is as a full mastermind of a program, but if we're just talking offensive X and O's and making a defense look silly, there ain't many people in the country that do it better than Lincoln does. I mean, <laughs> he has had some juggernauts, boy. And so, yeah, I'm going to take him. I'm probably going to regret this because my gut kind of tells me mm-hmm. to go with Coach Shaw, but I'm going to take USC. I think – I think they go out and, and make a pretty big statement because this game is on 7.30 Eastern. So they'll be on prime time in the East late afternoon in the West. And I think it's an opportunity for them to kind of make a statement on a national stage. So plus, you know, they're Pac-12 this year. They got a pretty good path to the playoff if they take yeah. care of their business. So it's a big game for them. Every game's going to be a big game if that's what their goal is. But this is a big one, I think. Um, all right, this is an interesting matchup to me because – it seems a little bit like the rankings are off. Baylor is much higher ranked than BYU. Mm. BYU just went to the East Coast for their opener. Didn't they, didn't they travel east to play South Florida? South Florida didn't go to BYU today. They walked I'm a not dog sure. on South Florida. Oh, yeah, they beat yeah. yeah, walked a dog on them, man. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, BYU is – they always have been historically, but last four or five years, very consistent program. I mean, mm. and playing good football. So this is an interesting ball game. I love what Dave Aranda's doing at Baylor. Had a great year last year. 
Uh, BYU is a three and a half point home favorite. Who are you liking that one, Aaron? I, I think I think this will be a, another close one. But like you said, I think BYU, like in the past couple of years, they've they've proven to be you know a, a pretty good program so far. And uh, you know, I, with the way the school is, you would think it's you know hard to get top talent to go there, but even with that, like they've been, they've been showcasing that, that they can hang with, you know, these 15 to 20 plus uh, ranking teams. So uh, I think, uh, I think it'll be a very, very close one, but, but I do think BYU is probably going to take this. uh, I I would say only by like three points though. What you think on this one, James? I'm a big ugly guy. I like the, I'm I'm a trenches guy. So, and Aranda, Aranda knows how to coach those guys. Um, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, the, that front seven has been good. And, man, the, um, that middle linebacker that got drafted by the Bills, um, I don't know why the everybody loves the Bills this season for the NFL, and they were on every preseason game was on national television this year, so for some reason. And I got to see him play every preseason game, and he was all over the place. So strictly because of that and the fact I love Dave Aranda, I'm going to take the bear, uh, the Bears in this one. Yeah, man, they they were a great team to pick last year because they they covered a lot of spreads and they busted a lot of spreads. So they were a fun team to pick last last year. I don't know though, something I just something about the Cougars that I like, and I love that they're playing at home. Um, I think that's one of the cooler stadiums in all of college football. Um, I think that'll be a really fun environment. That's a that's a 10:30 Eastern kick, so it'll be a little night game there at BYU. It'll be a fun game to watch uh, late as I'm falling asleep. And yeah, I'm with you, Aaron. I'm taking the Cougars in that one. I kind of like their vibe and like how they started. I think they're going to be a little more explosive than folks expect them to be. But I do think Dave Aranda's defense is going to be a good test for them. Um, this one was on here, Aaron, because uh, if I'm convinced that if James was not a dyed-in-the-wool dogs fan, he would ride wherever Mike Leach rode. <laughs> so we will always probably have accurate. Leach games. We will always have Mike Leach games on the docket. Mississippi State is heading out to Tucson to play Arizona. They are a road favorite, 10.5-point favorite. It's going to be a 11 o'clock Eastern kick. So it's kind of like Pac-10 after dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Leach can be back in his element. Um, what do you think about uh, the Cowbell Pirate ship going up against the Wildcats? I think, uh, I think I, I'm, I'm going to roll with the SEC on this one, um, even though I feel like Mississippi State, uh, since Leach has been there, they're, they're less of an SEC-style team. But, um, you know, his first game was crazy at Mississippi State. I think they put it like 700-some yards. Um, but uh, I think I am going to roll with, with, with Mississippi State even though I do, uh, I know a guy on uh, Arizona, AJ Jones. He's a freshman receiver there. Uh, he's a family friend of mine, so I am rooting for him. Um, but I gotta pick against him and his team at Arizona, um, and I'm gonna roll with Mississippi State. Do, do I even need to ask? I mean, I'm <laughs> gonna give a little bit of analysis. <laughs> I really like Will Rogers. I really do. I mean, ever since he took over, which was actually against Georgia in the COVID year, I mean, he's really run the Mike Leach offense really well. Mm-hmm. And he's he's efficient. Um, 
he puts they put up a lot of points and a lot of yards and until Arizona get figures out something on the def- defensive side of the ball I mean it's going to that's a tough job right now Arizona's just in a tough spot so I think that they'll cover fairly easily in this game Yeah I'm with y'all I'm taking uh, the Bulldogs from the West as well. Uh, I really like Will Rogers. And to your point, James, I, I think he's great in that offense. And he's now in year three uh, in those shoes. And Coach Leach always seems to function well when he has a guy that's been in his system for a little while. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be a fun one. But I think the SEC represents well there, and I think they have a nice night in Tucson. So I, I'm with y'all. I'm going with the Bulldogs from the West and the, the Cowbell Pirate ship. So, um, okay. By the way, we go to Starkville this year, which Aaron and Jack, they, they came to y'all, but you never played in Starkville, right? No, I, I never played in Starkville. Uh, played in Ole Miss, though. <sighs> Hottest game that I've ever been a part of. Was it? Ever. Like, I mean, I remember getting off the plane. And, and my family's from Mississippi, on my mother and my dad's side. And so I know about the heat, but it was something different about that day. Like, I got off the plane. And like, I thought I stepped into an oven and uh, like <laughs> from the, the all of 50 feet walk from the plane to like uh, the bus that we got on after that, like I was drenched in sweat. So uh, by far hottest game and we got beat pretty bad that day. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a destination on our list too. I, my brother has actually been, to the Grove to tailgate and stuff. And he just said, it's a time, man. Like they, they got a PhD in tailgating down in Oxford, yeah. but um, that's on my, that's on my list for sure. I want to experience that at some point, but I think we're going to try to go to Starkville. Okay. Uh, boy, really hard town to get into, mm-hmm. like to fly into. I, I think the closest airport, well, you can fly into Starkville, but it's, you know, a gajillion dollars because yeah. nothing goes there, yeah. but um, you can fly to Memphis, you can fly to Birmingham and it's like a couple hour drive, but mm-hmm. it's just tough to get there. So I'm working through that. I'm trying to figure that out. The tickets are great though. You can buy tickets 50 yard line on the Georgia side from the Mississippi state website, hundred bucks today. <laughs> How is that game not sold out? I don't know. I, I, I can't wrap my brain around it, but um, okay. Speaking of the dogs, we got a lot of bulldogs this week. Mm-hmm. because Sanford Bulldogs, the baby Bulldogs, are coming to play the big dogs, and it is a large number, boys. This is, this is just a question of will, will the dogs put up enough points because it is a 51-and-a-half-point spread. And these always make me nervous because you know they're not going to play the whole time, so it's hard to gauge that. You also don't know if they're going to take the foot off the pedal a little bit and just run, dive left, dive right for an entire quarter. Also, complicating factor, it's supposed to be a washout. Mm-hmm. So, what are we thinking? Think the dogs cover this number or what? Uh, 51 and a half is a large spread. Um, I think we're going to cover it if, if, temp- if, if conditions were right. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, Sanford, they'll be hyped maybe the first half of the first quarter. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've been on a team where it's like, you just know you're not going to win this game. Like I, I've been on a team where you know, you're not going to win this game. And, and that's not to say that you don't try, you don't give effort, but after a certain point, you're like, yeah, this, this one's chalk. And so with that and considering like the weather and all that kind of stuff, 
I, I, I'm not going to take the spread on this one. I, I think we'll win very by a very large margin, of course, but I, I, I won't take the spread just because of how large it is, but I could easily see us winning like, you know, like 48 nothing, 51 nothing. But it's it's hard for me uh on a on a on a tough weather day to say that we're just gonna which we I we very much are capable of it, but it's hard to say that we're just gonna uh put up that many points on a day that, you know, like you said, we'll be testing out some of our backups and getting some of our other guys some reps in and then people who maybe were deemed up during training camp and played game one, they'll, they'll get some chance to get a little bit extra recovery this week. All right, James, you going with what you did last year when they played Charleston Southern and taking the FCS squad to, to cover the number? Or are you rolling with the boys to hang over half a hundred on the baby Bulldogs? <laughs> I'm actually going to go with Georgia this week. And because, because for the first time in Kirby's tenure, he let the backup offense run the offense yeah. last week. Yeah. I've never, he has never done that before. So I'm not saying he's going to do it this week, but I mean, and until he doesn't do it, I'm going to th- going to go, going to roll with it. So I'm not, I, I think there's a shot. And he may actually let, you know, the third stringers do it too. So, I mean, it's the only way they're going to learn is to get live reps. So I think that he's might be turning the corner on that. Um, and if he is, there's enough talent on that second, third team to still score some. He's not going to let them go up to like, you know, 70, you know, plus or anything like that because he doesn't want to embarrass them like that. But he's not going to have them like just run like you said dive right dive left in the second quarter which you know it could be 40 to nothing in the second quarter uh this is this is tough 51 and a half is a big number and like if it was going to be sunny in 85 mm-hmm. i think i might pull the trigger on it in fact it's gonna be wet and they're trying to stay healthy before they go into famously hot Columbia at noon next Saturday. I don't know, man. I think they might leave some bullets in the chamber. So (laughs) I think I'm going to roll with Aaron on this. Man, that's a big number. I I think I'm going to take the baby Bulldogs to cover the 51 and a half. Um, Yeah. I don't feel great about it, but it's the weather, man. First time ever. Yeah. I think that's the first time I haven't taken them to cover a number. I just, oh, that's big. I mean, look, they could probably they could win six three nothing, but right. you're just I, I feel like we learned this in the Charleston Southern game last year. You're banking on a lot of things going exactly how they need to go. Like, di- dude, didn't Charleston Southern score on a um, we intercepted a pass and we're running it back for a touchdown, and <laughs> yeah. the wide receiver and they walked t- him, stripped it, and they stripped sack ran it back, didn't it? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. that's what that's what busted the number because it was like forty nine and a half. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, man. It's just it's just too many variables. So yeah, my, long and short, I'm taking Samford to cover, and that's it. So, <laughs> well, hey, look, Aaron, this is the thing, brother. Your picks and my picks are lining up just just right this week. So. Okay. 
if you do well, it means I do well. Hey, <laughs> so, let's, let's go for it. I'm all for it. Um, I think the good thing is I think we're all aligned on a lot of it. So we can all root for each other, which is fantastic. Um, James and I had very lackluster weeks last week. James was six and four. I was five and five. Although we always say, which we, we did, we kind of handicapped you. Two years ago, we had you on week one, which is, mm-hmm. that's just an impossible task. Week one is the worst. Yeah. Of the COVID year. Of the yeah, COVID of the, year. That's right. Of the co- I mean, think about that. Yeah, it was Arkansas was the opener that year. That's, yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one. We didn't put you in a good spot, right? That's our fault. That's on us. So this is good. We, we got some empirical evidence to work with here. I feel good about a lot of these. I think it's going to be a banner week. Plus, we, we like it to have one of our guys wearing the 10 pounds of red. And you're like, you're one of our all-time favorites, brother. So, we need wow. you to be wearing the belt. Well, okay. What do you think, before we let you go, how you feeling long-term about this squad? You think they're – heading back to Atlanta and going to control their own fate to, to go the rest of the way? Or what do you, what do you think it shapes up to look like? Yeah, I think, I think we'll run the table in the, in the regular season uh, this year. And um, I think we have the confidence that the SEC championship game always scares me, uh, especially because I know we'll probably face Bama again. Um, and, and you think about last year when it was like, all you had to do was knock out Bama in the SEC championship, and you didn't have to see him again. But yep. you did have the, the the backbone to see him again and and pull out the win. So, um, I think the team is it will be riding high off of that. And and I I think from what I've seen so far in you know knowing the coaching staff and how they'll prepare them, um. I don't know. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like we just might run the whole gambit this year. But I, I, I want us to take it game by game. Mm-hmm. Not, not trip ourselves up. Not get all the way to the end. Not get to you know October and lose to Florida or something like that. Um, take it game by game, um, and I think we'll we'll be all right. But what, whatever it is, whether it's no losses or one loss. Um, I think UGA will be right back in the top four and uh, have have a chance to, to win it all again. Yeah, we talked about this during the summer that the expectation for us is that if they play to the standard they should play to, they mm-hmm. should be in Atlanta undefeated. There's nobody on the schedule that should trip them up. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful place to be, right, mm-hmm. where – you really do have dominion over what's going to happen because their talent, nobody on that schedule is going to be favored over them the rest of the right. year until, until they get to Atlanta and, and play and play Alabama. And even then, if they keep scoring at the rate they have been, which did I see the numbers this week, their point totals after the Clemson game last year, it's outrageous. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody was talking all oh, Georgia can't score points. Georgia's not high flying offense, blah, blah, blah. Well, go look at the amount of points they put up since the Clemson game last year. I mean, they're as high flying as you want them to be. And I think that's going to continue this year because I think they're going to fling it, man. Yeah. I, that's what it seemed like Saturday was, hey, we're just going to let it rip. We're going to let it eat all year long. And good. Love it. Coach Munkin was, was in his bag, man. All right. Well, I feel good about it. 
I feel good about your week. I feel good about how the season's going to be. And as you know, you always have an open invitation. You're always one of our one of our favorite guests, man. So it was great seeing you on Saturday. Um, happy for you. Uh, everything going well first year so far? Everything's been lovely, man. I, I cannot uh, complain one bit. So the, the married life is, is wonderful. Um, you know, I feel like I'm doing really great in my career and I'm, I'm ready to, uh, you know, continue to advance. And so I, I'm loving it. And I appreciate you guys, uh, for having me on. I, I truly am very thankful uh, and appreciative because like first time you reached out, I was like, Hey, you know, I'll do it. But, but now like I, I look forward to it and I talk about it so much that people around me look forward to when, <laughs> I have my, you know, appearance on the Saturday and Athlete podcast. So I really do appreciate the invitation and thank you guys for having me again. Oh man, we love hearing that. Aaron. Well, you're one of our favorites. We always love having you. you always bring so much value and insight. So, um, well, until we see you again, go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.